This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It is Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I am Matt Jones here in Kentucky, where we are celebrating our quarterback, Will Levis, that is going to be picked at some point tomorrow, probably in the top four. Chad Brown is in Denver, where they are celebrating... What, the spring, Chad? Is that what we're celebrating in Denver? What's happening right now? Well, the, the Nuggets, nuggets I guess. The Nuggets, the nuggets yeah. Series. Come on, the Avs are in the playoffs. Come on, man. Give Denver some respect. Yes, I, I have respect. Denver moved, moved on last night, the second round, after the Anthony Edwards missed three. So that's good. Uh, Chad, for people who don't know, uh, former NFL player, I think everybody knows that. But, Chad, let me ask you a question. Day before the draft – you were drafted uh, in, I think, what, 1993? Is that correct. right? You are correct. In 1993. Tell me what the night before the NFL draft is like for the guys who will likely hear their name tomorrow. It is a nerve-wracking night. You know your future is going to start, but you have no idea where it's going to be. And I think at that point, uh, you are maybe naive enough to the ways of the NFL. At least for me, I was looking at the process as to what city would I like to live in. It would yeah. be great to get drafted in Miami. It'd be great to go to San Diego. <laughs> and, of course, I end up going to Pittsburgh, which was the exact perfect situation for me as a football player. As a West Coast guy, you know, it took me a while to adapt my lifestyle and thinking to what Pittsburgh was like. But from a football perspective, to join a linebacker room with – Kevin Green and, and Greg Lloyd, they'd be coached by uh, Marvin Lewis and in the same locker room with Rod Woodson and Dermani Dawson and coached by Dick LeBeau, all these Hall of Famers. Perfect situation for me, but young, naive Chad, again, wanted to go to Miami or San Diego or something like that. By the way, Dermonte Dawson, former Kentucky Wildcat. They, that's you. why I just, mentioned him. Because yes, shout there out you to go. You, I my appreciate man. it. One of the yes. best centers of all time. You know, I don't think we think about that sometimes. It is funny you said that. Like, we always think about, oh, the fit and the roster. A lot of it is, hey, man, this is where you're going to probably live for the next five years. That's a little nerve-wracking, too, especially when you're a young guy, wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I think you are excited if you get drafted by the Green Bay Packers because of the history. But, <laughs> but you are not like, excited cold. about living in Green Bay. What if it's you're a guy cold. from the South who's yeah. never played a, a game above Atlanta, uh, and now you're going to live in Green Bay for the next four or five years? That is a you know a bit of a daunting prospect. Uh, so yeah, there's the the youngness, the youth, and the naivete where you go. Let me just go someplace nice and warm. Yeah, well, I'll tell you the we, the draft will be on here on ESPN Radio tomorrow. Canty and Carlin will be hosting ESPN's draft coverage, and we will talk a lot of draft. But I think the big story today is Aaron Rodgers, who had his press conference with the Jets after the trade was completed. Aaron will be quarterbacking in New York, following in the legacy chat of his hero, Brett Favre, I'm sure, and going from Green Bay to the Jets. I think a lot of people knew this was likely. Now that it's happened, your reaction to how he's going to fit and in an AFC with great quarterbacks, how how good can he make the Jets right off the bat? Well, I called a couple of Jets games last year, and the Jets certainly have a good football team. Their quarterback position was clearly lacking. So this is why Aaron Rodgers is now a Jet. Uh, I guess my immediate reaction would be the same thing I said yesterday. Finally, we finally can move past all this Aaron Rodgers speculation. He has a home, and then that home is, is, is going to benefit from him. 
Quarterback play, as I mentioned, was the issue for the Jets last year. They've got talent at the running back position. they got talent at the wide receiver position. they got a good defense. I think Robert Saul is going to be a really, really good head coach moving forward. Joe Douglas has assembled a good football team. So Aaron Rodgers walks in the door. He's got instant familiarity with Nathaniel Hackett being the offensive coordinator, who was the quarterback coach slash offensive coordinator when Aaron Rodgers won his back-to-back MVPs. So there's an instant familiarity there, an instant smiling face ready for him. I think this moves the Jets at least into the playoff picture. I know there are folks who are talking about Super Bowl or bust. Uh, that Super Bowl three trophy is looking pretty lonely over there in the Jets facility, but I don't think they add to that trophy case this year. Well, I would say, though, if you don't, if you're not a Super Bowl contender, I don't think the move makes sense, right? Like, you don't do this to better your franchise in the short term, you know, for a long-term build. This is a – even if it's not Super Bowl or bust, Chad, like, you got to – you if you're the Jets, you don't do this unless you think you have a chance to win the whole thing. Would you agree? I would agree with that. So, when I once you get into the playoffs, once you get a toe in the door – now you're in the tournament, and funny things can happen. Yes. So there's certainly a Super Bowl possibility just by the fact of them being a playoff team. I just don't think they'll be that level. Oh, I don't either. Don't get me wrong. I don't okay. either. I All just, right, so I think we're I on just, the same page then. No, I don't either. I just think, like, they clearly think they do or they don't make the move is kind of my point. Now, for Aaron Rodgers, it's probably why he went there as well. And in his press conference today, for those of you that haven't heard enough from Aaron Rodgers in the last three years, he said what attracted him to playing for the Jets. They smoked us last year, so I knew they had a good team. <laughs> we got to practice against them a couple years ago, and I got to get to know Robert a little bit more. And I've always loved what he's all about. We played him in San Fran a, a few times, and mostly they got the best of us. But I liked the way that he was leading, his coaching style. A big reason I'm here, uh, i got to mention, is Nathaniel Hackett, who's here. Uh, Hack and I became really close friends for three uh, <clears throat> excuse me, three years in, in Green Bay, and I love him like a brother. I believe in him. Uh, really happy to be back working with him again, obviously. See, Joe has got a great track record so far of drafting some incredible players, uh, but it takes a system, and obviously Robert has the uh, the right sauce. So I'm excited about getting to work with him and Brick and uh, Mark Kwan, former teammate of mine, and uh, it's a great staff. But I'm an old guy, so I want to be a part of a team that can win it all, and I believe that this is uh, a place we can get that done. Well, you know, I, I don't know about you, Chad. Aaron Rodgers, I find to be one of the more exhausting figures in sports. Like, he's like, all of us have a friend that when they start talking, the BS meter goes up to about 75%, and you believe maybe one out of every four sentences. That's kind of how I am with, with Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's nothing he can say that I actually put a lot of credibility to. But I did think it was interesting that he said he talked about Hackett because he had a chance to join you out there in Denver or at least consider it. Didn't seem like that was something that that really got very far, at least in the discussions. I think he went to the Jets because it was the place, probably the only place that would have him where he could win. What do you think? I think so as well. Now, I'm not exactly sure all the different ways that Denver, Aaron Rodgers to Denver deal broke down, but it was certainly talked about quite a bit for almost a year in Denver. And uh, we grew exhausted of Aaron Rodgers as well. So it was more than just the plain and parsing of words with his COVID vaccination, immunization, the term that he used. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a, you know, uh, 
He's a guy who I think he always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Can- I hate that about him, Chad. He's like, <laughs> he, he, you know, he is not, he, he's about half as smart as he thinks he is. And he talks to everyone like he, like, you know, Albert Einstein has walked in and all of you need to be graced with my intellect. And he, and, and he's not, and I, I just wonder as a guy in the locker room, do you think when he was MVP level, he probably could get away with all that because he was awesome. Do you think the Aaron Rodgers now can sort of get away with the smugness and stuff in a new locker room? I think you don't have to love your teammates. It is not your job to love your teammates. Okay. You, need to, you need to respect the work that they do and the work that help us, helps us win football games. That's your job. Uh, so, yes, you can feel however you want about Aaron Rodgers and his vaccination. In some ways, you know, is he kind of still a 9-11 truther? That was a thing for a while. Now he's in New York City. How is that going to play out? But all that doesn't matter. If you can help us win football games, that's why I always look at the locker room as the ultimate meritocracy. Doesn't matter is that how you... players are, though? Like, like, even if someone is annoying as they can be, if they go out there and ball, it's fine. Uh, I won't say it's fine. You you don't give that guy Christmas cards and you don't invite him over for, <laughs> for Thanksgiving dinner, but you respect yeah. what he brings. I mean, I've had some situations with teammates over the, my 15 years in the league where you just think, I just don't like this dude Okay, at you don't all. have to tell me who. You don't have to tell me who. I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't get into that. I won't but I, give, give me an example of something that like a person had a certain behavior or whether it was a belief system or something that made it to where you just went, man, how do I deal with this person? Well, well, you know, there's obviously, uh, you know, the religious thing is is strong for some some players. And so they want to essentially prophetize in the locker room. It's like, hey, man, that's cool. You have your faith and you should respect that I have mine. And you trying to impose your faith upon people is creating a really, you know, ugly situation in the locker room. I've had uh, teams where a new guy would come in, an older guy from a different team. And maybe on his past team, he was the guy who always broke down the huddles and always gave the pregame speech. Well, you're on a new team, and there were guys yeah. here that are still here that still want to have that role, and now you've kind of shoehorned your way in there, and yeah. now these guys who had this previously established relationship with the team and procedure and routine they did before the games are now being stepped on by you because you're not able to read the room here. So whether it's something small like a pregame speech or something bigger like you're invading my personal space and trying to prophesize to me, teammates have always crossed the line in some way or another. But again, as long as you can help us win games, that's where the meritocracy thing comes in. I don't care who you love. I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care where you come from. I don't care if you're from from the Ivy League school or you came into the NFL with no college at all. I've had a couple of those teammates as well. If you can help us get W's, then I am all about you, and I will, I will show you the respect you deserve. And it probably helps. I mean, a lot of times in life, who you're replacing is very important in how you're looked at. And replacing Zach Wilson, who seemed to both not perform on the field and also be a locker room detriment, probably puts him in a, in a better spot. Which brings me to, if you're correct, and I know I think you are, that ultimately if you can play, everything's fine. Is Aaron Rodgers good enough? In today, not historically, because he's obviously one of the best ever. Today, is he good enough to sort of be Aaron Rodgers? Like, you can be Aaron Rodgers one way. Can he do it today with the Jets in a new locker room and lead them to a lot of success? Well, Aaron Rodgers has talked about in the past, you know, the two different offenses, the offense that's in the playbook and the offense that he runs. 
Now, having Nathaniel Hackett there is certainly going to help kind of grease Aaron Rodgers being able to figure out how the Jets want to operate and how the, you know they can learn from him and how he wants to operate. But there's a, a bit of that involved in it. So you try to get yourself on the same page with these young receivers while you are in the midst of, a, in my opinion, a declining skill set. I saw Aaron Rodgers physically decline last year. As a if, guy, if he was 100% at his peak, what do you think he is today? What percent? Oh, I'd give it maybe 85, but the okay. issue is... Still good, you, though. Still yeah, good. Yeah. Still very good, but just not MVP level good. And at 85% from Aaron Rodgers is still going to put him in the, the top 10 of NFL quarterbacks. But my issue, my concern is, as an older player, once you start to decline, it's yes. not a gradual slope. No, it goes so fast. It goes really fast. And some guys literally fall off the cliff. I've had teammates who in training camp and early in the season, they could play. And by week 10 or 12, it's like, dude, you can't even play football anymore. And that's what happens as you get older. It just it just falls very quickly. So when is that going to happen for Aaron? And will that happen during the season? We'll have to see. It was interesting. The, the ultimate the, – and, and Aaron Rodgers was asking – was asked whether or not he was going to play for one year. I, I want to get to that sound. But what was interesting to me about the trade is – it was almost a trade based on him playing only one year. And what I mean by that is, you know, this is it's a second-round pick but becomes a first-round pick if he takes 65% of the snaps. But I was really surprised, Chad, that it was 65% of the snaps in year one. So basically, to have to give up a first-rounder for him, he really only has to play one year. I would have thought if you were going to give a first-rounder, it was going to have to be at least a couple of years. Were you surprised that that was how it, how it played out? 65% of snaps, based on some league averages, ends up being 11.6 games. So for Aaron Rodgers to play 11.6 games, he, he suddenly the Green Bay Packers, that conditional pick moves to a first-round pick. Yeah, I, I would have – I think in some way the Jets got fleeced. Um, because oh, you think they, so? They had all the leverage. They could have just told Green Bay to go kick rocks, pay Aaron Rodgers his super high salary, leave him on the bench while Jordan Love plays. Whatever you want to do, we're not going to accept any deal that has a first-round pick in it. Uh, or even a possible first round. But they couldn't with the team they have, though. They couldn't go back into the year with Zach Wilson, right? Like, I mean, they couldn't. So, like, on one level, they had all the leverage. But on the other level, once they decided to not be in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, that is a team that has the basis for, you know, basics for being a contender, didn't they? I mean, where else were they going to go? That is true. That 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 is true. That that the Zach Wilson possibility had to be quite frightening, and in some ways it would be you know a, a game of who can blink first. But I, I think the amount of leverage that the Jets had, considering the salary cap issues that the Packers would have had keeping Aaron Rodgers, they could have worked out a deal that may have been a little bit more beneficial from a trade draft perspective. Well, Aaron Rodgers was asked now that he is is headed to the Jets, how motivated is he? that the Packers had decided to move on after his legendary career. I mean, not really motivated by that, honestly. I, I'm, I'm very self-motivated, and I can find different ways to get that extra little inspiration all the time. But when you get older, it's fun to, to go out and prove it each year that you can still do it, and that's enough motivation, I think, that I need. This was a big draw because of the people you see on stage here, obviously Coach Hackett, the opportunity to be a part of a city that's hungry, that's a, a team of incredible fan base that's hungry to win again 12 years without the playoff, not you know Super Bowl wins since Super Bowl three. It's been a long time. 
time. So the opportunity to be a part of something special here, uh, it's different. You know, it's similar to Green Bay in that way. When you win in a city like Green Bay, well, I assume for a team like the New York Jets, you go down in history, and, and there's something special about adding that to your legacy. Yeah, that's the biggest bunch of nonsense I've ever heard, Chad. I mean, like, the, <laughs> I, 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 there are, if you were to ask me who in the NFL would carry the biggest chip on their shoulder for a team giving up on them, Aaron Rodgers would be maybe number one to me. He's a dude who seems to feel every slight. He's mad anytime anyone questions anything he says, even if he is not qualified to even have an opinion. The idea that Green Bay wanting to move on doesn't motivate him, I don't know if it'll make him play well, but Chad, that's just absolute nonsense, right? It is absolute nonsense, but it, it, it kind of comes up on one of my one of my pet peeves when athletes say they're extra motivated. Okay, so without this slight, you wouldn't be motivated. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, there's Michael Jordan who brought the guy to his Hall of Fame speech. Who that was he so, was, who was, was that he, the meanest who, thing ever? That was who, like who he was cut for in high times. school. So it just speaks to Michael Jordan's mindset. Yes. But it's just you know, I've always found that it. Uh, what what extra motivation? I I, I want to win all the time, and suddenly I want to win even more. And now because you set up, I want to win more, more, more. Don't you just want to win at a constant, steady level? And do you, as Aaron Rodgers, the guy who's had multiple MVPs, who's got a you know won a, a Lombardi Trophy for the most iconic franchises, not just in professional football, but in all the sports, you actually need extra motivation. That's fascinating to me. Um, but I, I you know everybody's got a different mindset and Aaron Rodgers I think thrives and needs a constant uh, injection of uh, whether it's uh, pushback or doubt or even hate to keep himself going and motivated let me make this quick is Aaron Rodgers still a top 10 NFL quarterback uh, Aaron Rodgers, in my mind, is definitely a top 10 NFL quarterback. Is Not he top five? Caliber. That's where we start getting to, uh, well, a little bit of a sticky point. Well, let's there. see. Just next season, I would take Mahomes over him. I would take Allen. I would take Burrow. Uh, I would take Herbert. And I'm sure I'm missing one or two more. Who else? I might take – well, I might take Lamar. I might take uh, Jalen Hurts. I mean, I, I would at least – Put five over him, would you? Well, that's number five gets a little a little tricky because, as you know, there's a number of guys you mentioned for number five. But the first four, absolutely, I 100% agree. But I think the argument comes into: Is Justin Hurts a better quarterback, uh, or is he Jalen on a Hurts, better yeah. team? I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts is he, a, is he a better quarterback, or is he on a better team? Uh, because they run the ball so effectively and some of the things they don't ask him to do. Uh, so that's where we start getting to the argument phase of things. It will be fascinating to see how he does. I just know that every time I see Aaron Rodgers' face, I'm not sure there's anyone on television that I could hit the mute button quicker when I see his face than Aaron Rodgers. But otherwise, seems like a great guy. Now, is Will (laughs) Levis possibly an option at number one? What is happening with C.J. Stroud? Is he sliding? We're going to go over an NFL draft that is as open at the top as any I can remember. That's right after this word from Indeed. 
Indeed, it is springtime, and is it? And if it's kicking up your hiring season into full bloom, then you need Indeed. Their powerful all-in-one hiring platform makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. That's very nice of them. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. You can even conveniently schedule and conduct virtual video interviews right from the Indeed website. I didn't even know that, but you can. So visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. It is wonderful Indeed. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. We are 28 hours away from the NFL Draft on ESPN, ABC, ESPN Radio. It's all there. It's Candy and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Jones and Chad Brown. It is as open a draft as I can remember. People think Bryce Young's going number one. I don't know that that's certain. My guy Will Levis could go anywhere from one to four to ten. Who knows? Matt Miller, ESPN's NFL draft analyst, is going to be on is on with us right now. And Matt, I interviewed you about six weeks ago, and we talked about Levis. And then I, I it was soon after that I saw you had him like ranked like twenty fifth in your prospect rankings. I think next to Will Anderson, he's the best player in the draft. Tell me why I'm wrong. I'll have time later in the show to say why you're wrong, but give your case sort of for having Levis so low on your rankings. Oh, man, where to jump in? Uh, Couldn't beat out Sean Clifford at Penn State. He's an older prospect coming off a foot injury. And uh, all kidding aside, a lot of what I do is collecting information from NFL teams, and finding out where they view players as well. You know, where's this guy slotting in at? And with Levis, there's a lot of questions. He is. He's 24 years old. He is coming off a foot injury uh, that, that he himself has said, you know, hampered his play last year. Also coming off, you know, 23 interceptions the last two years. So he is seen by teams as more of a, a maxed out player as opposed to. But he's not, but Matt, like, he's not like going 25th in the draft. I mean, he'll be gone before, like, 
When you say okay, NFL well, teams, he's not going 25th. <laughs> well, and here's the difference between a big board and mock draft. The big board is where we evaluate players. How good are they? A mock draft is a prediction of where they will be drafted. So those two things are mutually exclusive. So the, looking at a big board and saying, okay, well, B. John Robinson is my number three overall player. Well, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be drafted third overall. I'm saying if we go back in four or five years and, and look at who has the, the most upside, who has the most ability, and, and then you can start to, to slot them by that. Or sometimes the draft is, is evaluating risk versus reward. And so just like with other players in this draft who are really talented, had a lot of college production, if you've got an injury in there or you've got an off-field situation in there, uh, or, or maybe you played in a scheme like Hendon Hooker did at Tennessee that doesn't translate to the NFL, you start to add that stuff together, and, and that's how you put together a big board. Matt, uh, I'm with you on the criticisms of Will Levis. It, 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 I, I didn't see enough to, to make Look me think he's the two. best Look quarterback. Look at you two. Ganging up on feather. my guy, Chad. Ganging <laughs> up on my guy. All right. Uh, now, there seems to be, at least recently, there was a, a consensus that it was Bryce Young as the number one quarterback prospect and then C.J. Stroud after that. Now we're hearing that C.J. Stroud is falling. Of course, the draft hasn't happened. I'm, sure, I'm not sure how you fall when the draft hasn't happened. Are you <laughs> right. hearing any substantial evidence behind this thought that somehow he is falling? No, I'm not. And I think it's it's funny how the context gets shifted of that he's falling when he could still be the number four overall pick in the draft. So if, if you're picked at four, you didn't really fall. If he goes to 11, if he goes to the Titans at 11, okay, he's falling a little bit. But I, I'm with you. I think we got to wait and see on all of the C.J. Stroud falling talk. I think a lot of people jumped on a narrative that he performed poorly in the S2 cognition test. Uh, he said it himself, I think, yesterday or today. Uh, his, his test was two years at Ohio State, and he aced that test. So we'll see if, if there's any truth to the, the idea that he's falling or not. And sometimes that just needs context. You know, uh, Justin Fields goes 11 overall. That wasn't seen as a fall, but it was spun as, oh, man, this guy's falling down the boards just because the, the quarterback position, we all expect them to go early. Yeah, by the way, if just as a side note, Levis is going number two at Houston. Just remember who said that. Now, Matt – Anthony Richardson, what I don't understand is I watched every game Anthony Richardson played in college. And with the exception of maybe two games, I never thought he was good. And I've gone through history and tried to find a quarterback in the history of, of, of the NFL that has had worse production in college and been a really good NFL quarterback. And the only one I can find is Phil Simms, who went 3-6 and six at Moorhead State in, like, the 1970s. I don't understand when people criticize Levis for the, what the things you said, how Richardson is still such a, prod, uh, such a high prospect when he's never played well. Help me understand it. Well, I would say the Utah game he played well, the Tennessee That's, game he played well. Yeah, he, two games. Also 20, yeah. Right, but he's only played 13, so it's a much smaller sample size. He's also 20 years old. He's bigger than Levis. He's faster than Levis. He has a stronger arm than Levis. If we want to make this about Richardson and Levis, then it's upside. It's, it's not what he did on film. And I would say you could go back a lot, a lot more recently than Phil Simms and look at Josh Allen, who didn't have But Josh Allen had the exact same stats as Will Levis. Anthony Richardson, his stats are much worse. Throwing the rushing, they're not, if you throw that in. And unfortunately, guys, like there are players in this draft other than Will Levis. We can't do 15 minutes on Will Levis every time I'm on with y'all. Like, there are other players. And Richardson is seen by the NFL as someone who is going to be drafted in the top 11 or 12 picks. It's because of the upside, just like Trey Lance being drafted at three or Zach Wilson being drafted at two, it's the upside of that player. And that, like, that's what the draft is. You're not drafting a guy based on 
what he did in college, or Stetson Bennett would be the first pick. You're drafting on who they can become, what the athletic profile says they are, and in your system as an NFL team, how good can this player be? All right, Matt, I'll shift it over to my wheelhouse, the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I got Will Anderson and Jalen Carter uh, on my top five defensive player list. I got Jalen a little bit ahead of Will Anderson. How do you see the defensive guys breaking down in this draft? Yeah, they're both fantastic players and, and improving production. Uh, you know, like with Jalen, it's when Jalen's on, he's almost unstoppable. Uh, I think you have to throw Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech in there as well, just from a size perspective. Uh, you know, been banged up as well coming out of this process, but um, healthy now, past physical, and uh, it's a lot like last year where you got Trevon Walker going first over, you know, maybe more productive, proven guys. And last year was Aiden Hutchinson. You know, this year it's it's Will. Uh, Anderson coming out of Alabama. So, I mean, the three of those defensive guys should be drafted in the top ten, even if we see the four quarterbacks go. They're really, really talented. They're all different is, is kind of what makes it fun. You know, Anderson's 250 pounds. Tyree Wilson's 275. Jalen Carter is – he's played everywhere. He's played in space. He's played three technique. He's, he's done everything. So, I think the question is, where is your comfort level? With Will Anderson, who is athletically pretty maxed out, and he's been coached really well. Then you have Wilson, who is very raw but has these unlimited uh, traits and potential. And then you have Carter, who is – we've seen flashes a great film. He also had an injury this year. And then you have to factor in the off-field. So it's going to be a big thing about your comfort level as a team, uh, how you're going to fit those guys in. Matt Miller, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst. I know this is a big few days for you. Keep up the good work, and thank you very much for your time. Appreciate you guys. There you go. Canty and Carlin is on ESPN Radio. We're going to talk more draft, including the head coach of a player likely to go in the first round. That's next here on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Wow. A little Boston music here on Canty and Carlin. Matt Jones and Chad Brown. We are joined on the phone by Jeff Halfley. He's the Boston College head coach, and he's – very excited because one of his players is likely to go high tomorrow in the draft. Potentially, first wide receiver taken, Zay Flowers. So, Coach, I'll start with you on Zay Flowers. This is a guy who, right now, our ESPN projections have him 13th in the draft, first or second wide receiver taken. I assume you think he's worth that high ranking for people who will be learning about him tomorrow. Tell them what, you're, what, what you have and what he is as a player. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I think he is deserving. Um, you know, obviously I haven't studied all the wide receivers in the draft, but I know Zay really well. I think the tape speaks for itself. I think the numbers that he put up, I think he's got a unique skill set. And I think even more importantly, he's an amazing person with a great work ethic. Um, he's got a great story, which has been told over and over. He's a loyal guy who's dedicated to his team and to his coaching staff. And to me, he's a guy that had the opportunity last year to leave for a lot of money, and he turned it down, which not many players are doing. So you know exactly what you're getting. He's a guy that loves football. You can watch him away from the ball. You can watch him block down the field. He's an incredible human being. He loves ball, and he's a great player. And whatever team he goes to is getting a tremendous pick. I can't say enough about him. Um, spent seven years in the NFL as a DB coach, and I would not want to have to cover or defend this guy on any level. Well, Coach, I'm going to ask you to keep on speaking about Zay Flowers. Uh, this is Chad Brown. Played 15 years in the NFL, and my experience in the NFL was 
the mental stuff, your loyalty, the things that you just mentioned, your football character, sometimes play a bigger factor in your long-term success than your athletic skill set. So the athleticism, we've seen that on the field. But when a guy turns down NIL deals to transfer out of Boston College, what does it say about his football character and his loyalty to his teammates? I mean, you just nailed it. I mean, anybody can turn on the tape and see what he can do. And he's a first-round talent. And I think anybody who all the head coaches that I've spoken to, I mean, they'll tell you he's a first-round talent. Now, some people might think he's not tall enough, but he can do everything else and he can make the contested catches down the field. The thing that needs to be told about the kid is when things get hard, you know exactly who you're going to get. When you're out of the playoffs and a lot of your team stops competing at a high level, he's going to play harder. Uh, when he's tempted to maybe sign a free agent contract and leave his team who he's been loyal to for slightly more money, I bet that he'd wind up being loyal to the team that gave him a chance and that wants him. I just think it's so rare right now in the world we live in where you can transfer every year in college, you can tamper with people and steal people off people's rosters. Um, He's proven that, that he's a great guy who is bigger than that. And I think at that position, it's very rare. Talking to Coach Jeff Halfley, Boston College. Let me ask you about the last point you made. Obviously, Zay Flowers stayed. But, you know, the the transfer portal, the rules are what they are. They're probably unlikely to change significantly. There may be minor tweaks, but people are going to be able to transfer. So you as a coach, when you're at a program that's that's having any sort of struggles, what do you do to keep players, and how is it navigating it, uh, you know, right now in a major conference with all that's happening with players going, uh, you know, above, below, et cetera? Well, you got to connect with your players. I mean, you got to spend time with them, and you have to develop them, and they have to believe in you. I mean, the thing that also we have at Boston College, it's, it's one of the best degrees in the country, and the closer the players get to the degree and they see the internship and the job opportunities, they want to stay. I mean, it's hard to go to the league. We're talking about Zay Flowers, who is 1% of all of, maybe even less, right, than all of these college football players. I mean, we had, under my three years here, we've been really good for my first two, and last year we struggled with a really young team, and we haven't lost anybody. Our guys have stayed, and they're committed to staying. I think when they see Zay stay and prepare himself to be a first-round pick, I think it shows them what they can be. Um, and then it goes back to who we recruit. You know, we got to find guys that, you know, they, they believe in the things and the culture that we're trying to establish. They believe in academics and getting a great degree. Um, and they're guys who are bigger than they want the team to be bigger than them. So it's hard, man. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, but you got to spend time, connect, and you got to find the right players. And so far, we've been very fortunate. You almost have to be a coach and a GM nowadays to make it, uh, to make it really work. Jeff, thank you very much. Good luck. And tell my friend Baldwin the Eagle, your mascot, that I said hello. Will do, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Thanks, we, were ta- we were talking during the break, break, Chad, about Boston College football. When I say Boston College football, almost everybody would think of Doug Flutie. But what's the next thing you think of? If I say Boston College, what, what comes to your mind? Matt Ryan, Matt Hasselbeck? That's good. That's a pretty good list of quarterbacks for a Isn't school it? like that, don't you yeah. think? Mm-hmm. It's quite impressive, really. There's, a, there's some other guys as well. Uh, I did a little quick search, and uh, I was impressed with what I found. Some linebackers That's, there, right? Yeah. Like you got what, uh, the guy for the Panthers, Luke. Keekly. Uh, Keekly, yes, he played there as Kerslick well. Kerslick as well. Yep. Yeah. It is funny, though. On that level, Chad, I think it's really, really hard for these teams that are sort of not 
at the elite of their conferences, it's got to be hard because they're getting picked at so much. And it says a lot that they were able to keep Zay Flowers. And it says a lot about him as well. Yeah, college football today is a, is a wild, wild west. When you have a promising player uh, and you're a lower-tier team within your conference, you, that guy's going to go. There's going to be greener pastures on the field, and there's going to be greener pastures as far as NIL deals at some bigger-name school. How do you keep these guys on campus? You've got to re-recruit your roster every single year. I would not want to be a college head coach in this environment. I would. They still make <laughs> a lot of money. You know, I mean, they There's still more to make- life than just money, man. Yeah, the people that say that, though, are usually people like Chad Brown who got the money. You know what I mean? Like, everybody who says there's a lot of money is doing all right with money. That's what I've seen over the years. Now, Aaron Rodgers, he is with the Jets, but is he still a top-five quarterback? That's next on Candy and Carlin. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.